0: To Pawnee Public
1: Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will.
0: Welcome, dear listeners. This is the pilot episode of Pawnee Public Radio, brought to you by our sponsor, Sweetums. If you can't beat them, Sweetums, mm, well, delicious. here we are—the the the pilot episode of Parks and Rec to talk about the pilot episode of our podcast.
1: I can't believe it. Everything is so new. There's that like new plastic smell in the air from the the pilot episode. You know, it's it's the new car smell, which maybe is also just the new plastic smell. Um, but that's what. Yeah, I hope I don't know. I hope that you also are are smelling and feeling. That. Oh, I this smell is a whole it. Full body podcast. It's yeah. not just for your ears. It's for. Your I whole mean, body. as
0: a kid, I used to smell new books because I love the smell of the the fresh ink.
1: Yeah, get in there.
0: Get. I, I, I
1: actually strongly recommend burying your nose in a in a new book while listening to this as like a nice a nice pairing. Yes, you know, we like hope new book, you have podcast. opened
0: up a brand new book and you're just sniffing it the whole whole time you're listening.
1: Yeah. That that's the way to like maximize the pleasure of Yes. Or anything your new would experience. work.
0: You could also, yeah, a new pair of jeans. Just
1: a baby's head. Smell something new
0: while listening to blue, this podcast. Something
1: borrowed, something true.
0: Yeah. Now we just watched the pilot episode together. And of Will, Parks and was Recreation. I of Parks and Recreation. Of yeah. <laughs> uh Will, was I a good person to watch an episode of TV with?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I know we're all watching TV together apart, but you do you do know the punchlines a second before they happen. So I think the timing on Parks and Rec is pretty good. But I did enjoy hearing the punchline two to three seconds before uh, before it was set on TV.
0: <laughs> yeah, just as a reminder, I have watched Parks and Recreation hundreds of times. I happen to know most of the dialogue. I will say these early seasons, while I have watched them a few times, not as much as the later seasons. So some mm-hmm. of the stuff is still newer for me as well. And this is only Will's second time watching Parks and Recreation.
1: Yeah, I I feel pretty new to it. And I, I think maybe this is a good time too to just say that there will there will be spoilers in this episode and in future episodes. So
0: The good thing is though, if this is your first time through, yeah. spoilers won't really ruin a show like Parks and Rec. This isn't Game of Thrones where if I told you that at the end all Hannah, the Hannah, dragons Hannah, eat Hannah. the city. <laughs> the a Daenerys's dragons a- <laughs> at the end of Game of Thrones all marry each other. They have thousands of dragon babies. You know this ending, this fake ending, may have been stronger than the actual ending of Game of Thrones.
1: A fun fact about me is that I've watched every episode of Game of Thrones except for the last three, and I think I'm just gonna keep myself in in that.
0: So, uh, so you, so as far as you know, I had just spoiled the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah, in a
1: couple different ways. (laughs) And for our listeners, I just wanted you to know that it didn't even feel bad having something spoiled is good for you.
0: <laughs> um, but we'll do our best not to talk major plot spoilers, but really when we're going through and analyzing the episodes, we want to talk about character arc and and show development. So that's more the purpose of any spoilers we do say. Now, we mm-hmm. really hope uh, that you just rewatched the pilot of Parks and Rec um, because it will help you enjoy this episode of Pawnee Public Radio a little bit more. So if you haven't seen the pilot episode of Parks and Rec, hit pause on this podcast, go yeah. to your nearest TV store, and ask them to play episode one of Parks and Rec.
1: Yeah, please support your local TV store. Don't go to one of, like, the big chain no. TV stores. You know, support local. Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, um, before we get started, we just want to say, we are really figuring out uh, what this is going to be. As we go along, we have lots of ideas, but we want to hear from you. Uh, Parks and Rec is a show that has a lot of town halls in it. A lot of, uh, a lot of the town gets to voice their opinions at our main cast of characters. And we want to create a similar feeling for this podcast. So we are very excited to announce up top that we will be having a Pawnee Public Radio Town Hall segment of each podcast, where we will read tweets that you've tweeted at our Twitter, at Radio Pawnee, and we'll also read your emails. Emails should be sent to townhall at pawneepublicradio.com. The great thing with the email is we're hoping some of you send in voicemails so we can get some familiar voices every podcast that we record, similar to how they do it in parks and Rec
1: and I think if you're in in terms of like what's what's acceptable to send into a town hall, I, I think the sky is really the limit on this one. If we say something and you think i I agree with that." You can record yourself agreeing with that and then send it in. If you think, I strongly disagree, mm. you, could, you could also send that in. If you think, what's a TV store? You could record yourself telling us what it is or isn't and send mm. that in. Really, I think the pilot episode of, of Parks and Rec makes it very clear that at these town hall meetings, um, there's, there's nothing that's off limits. Nothing that's
0: off limits. We want this to be Will and I rewatching the show with you, and the town hall really gives us the opportunity to watch it with you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's letters to the editor until
0: you join in. Yeah. Um, the other way we'll read your comments, and this is the best way, as far as I'm concerned, right now, is if you subscribe to Pawnee Public Radio on iTunes. Uh, and leave a five-star review with a comment, we will read that comment on the podcast. Because we are a separate feed from RHAP or Post Show Recaps, even though this episode will be appearing in the RHAP feed. So we really want to encourage you to subscribe and rate it five stars so it bumps it up on the old Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And those reviews, those five-star reviews, even if they say... I wanna lick will's nose. We will read that on this podcast uh, I hope all the reviews say I wanna lick will's nose. I hope that's what we get mostly that's
1: what, that's what I signed up for just to be objectified right out of the gate <laughs>
0: really, um I'm so really glad
1: Tombes yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah we will
0: yeah I'm really giving uh season one Tom Vibes where I'm telling you to all um. But but licking someone's nose is not is that even objectification or is that just weird?
1: Things can be both.
0: Yeah, you know what? That is a very yeah. Please don't objectify Will, but still give us a five star review and write a comment. Uh, I was I was I was just clicking for a second to see what the pilot episode of Parks and Recreation is called, but it just says pilot. Is that what it's called? Is the pilot episode of Parks and Rec just called pilot? Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. keep it simple. They they didn't get. What would you? I at the would end of this, we it, should
0: Hannah? name what we think it should be called. Well, let's let's dive into the pilot episode of Parks mm. and Rec, and when we're done, I think we should name the pilot episode of Parks and Rec on our own, since it's just called Pilot on Netflix. So my favorite thing about the pilot is it. It it's sort of like they're we're in a cave. The pilot is a cave. Let's see if this metaphor leads us anywhere. Okay, oh, good, good. But we're in a cave. It feels
1: like a familiar metaphor. I think there might be like an ancient, uh, an ancient Greek one that lines up with this. But go ahead. And
0: we there are there are people with with uh, what are miners? What are they?
1: Oh, like pickaxes.
0: Pickaxes. Yeah. And sleepy, this,
1: grumpy, gone.
0: Yeah, it's the seven dwarves, and they're sort of hitting the walls of the cave. And carving out what will be the magical Parks and Rec. So we see glimpses of the show that we really love in this pilot. And then some things that maybe got left behind as the episodes continue. So in this pilot, I love that we're starting to see what's going to become the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. Will, I think it's time to break down this episode.
1: Let's break it down, Hannah.
0: Let's let's fill in the metaphorical pit of the episode, talk about all the things that happened and share our thoughts. And maybe
1: make some friends along the way, right?
0: Hopefully we make a ton of friends along the way. Um, so the pilot episode of Parks and Recreation has basically one main storyline. Sometimes in an episode of TV, you'll have an A story, a B story, even a little C story, meaning Aww. there's a oh, like a baby C <laughs>
1: story. Cute little C
0: story. Will and I both study television writing, so you can trust us on this. But usually there's a primary and secondary story. But in this pilot, there's really one main story led by our Protagonist, Miss Leslie Nope.
1: Netflix tells us that in an attempt to beautify her town, Leslie Nope will take on what should be a fairly simple project to help turn an abandoned construction pit into a park. So that's the log line. Um that's- along the way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the log line for those listening who didn't study TV like we did uh, is the basic one or two sentence summary of an episode of television.
1: Yes. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So in this episode, we have Leslie very excitedly leading her community outreach forum, meeting Ann Perkins, a concerned citizen whose boyfriend has just broken both his legs in an unfortunate pit related accident. Uh, and we're introduced to a whole cast of characters who Hannah and I will introduce you to shortly.
0: Yeah. Uh, the whole episode opens up with Leslie Nope in a park. Shocking. A show called Parks and Rec. We're starting in a park. And Leslie is doing one of many thankless jobs we'll see her doing throughout the series, which is mm-hmm. getting a drunk guy out of a slide. So that is basically... The introduction to this character is, you will be, we will watch this lady do a lot of thankless things and give it 150%. She's also, like, weirdly going around to kids in the beginning of this episode and asking them to fill out a Parks survey.
1: Yeah, she's she's just gauging if they're having a good time, which is very much... That's like very much my vibe if I'm ever hosting a party or something is like very much Leslie Nope with the survey of like, are you A, having a fairly good time? Are you B, having fun? Are you, you know, C, storyline? Are you a cute little baby C-plot?
0: Oh, now I want to go to a party hosted by you. I feel like most of my going to parties... Was just uh, me walking into a room getting nervous and pretending to eat snacks at the snack table the whole time because you don't have to talk to anyone if you are standing by a snack table.
1: Yeah, the big thing that I have learned about having a great time at parties is to to find people who want to hang out in either the hallway or the kitchen with you. I think those are like those are usually the hot the hot spots.
0: I hope you guys are really taking on these hot party chips from us as we Mm -hmm. dive back into this episode. So (laughs) Leslie, no doing a thankless job, Uh, and then we we are introduced to the main setting, the Parks and Recreation Department of Pawnee, and we are introduced to our whole Parks and Rec department, some of whom are already uh main characters and others who will become main characters throughout the series
1: yeah this is a great way to also just think about your life you know it's like some days i'm an extra like like someday i'm extra donna and then the next day i might be
0: treat yourself center of the episode donna
1: yeah full character donna so we're introduced
0: Um, to ron tom leslie donna and jerry Uh, Leslie uh, is very eager to run the community outreach forum, which seems like an exciting thing because of her excitement about it.
1: Yeah. She, again, I think we know a little bit about this from her drunk in the slide moment, but, but we realize that if if she's excited about this, maybe the bar might be kind of low for the community outreach forum. Um, But she's the only one in the department who's, who's really psyched about it.
0: Uh, And Tom is told to tag along with her to this event. Tom, who is already sort of a problematic character. (laughs) uh, We will, we are happy to discuss Tom's, problematic nature. I'm curious in these town hall phone calls if people have additional thoughts about how the Tom character has aged as we go back. A lot of this is going to be things we notice watching it again. And I think, unfortunately, one of the things we might notice is some of the... um
1: Some of those early warning signs. <laughs>
0: early warning signs about Tom. But so we end up with Tom and Leslie at a community outreach forum Starting in an auditorium, and then that all the lights turn off on them
1: yeah it's it's a a quick sign of of local government maybe not being prepared for itself
0: <laughs> uh and I think if you've ever been using a room and then had all the lights shut off, you know that feeling, yeah, um, so they end up in a classroom. And this is where we get our first sense of what Leslie Nope is up against in terms of the town of Pawnee, which eventually in the series will really become its own character.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Pawnee is Pawnee is really <laughs> I like I like that like New York applied to Pawnee. You know, New York City is really it's another character. <laughs> the same thing happening here.
0: So basically, this is the first time we are introduced to the town of Pawnee as almost its own character, as Leslie Nope uh, faces uh, the citizens of Pawnee for the first time in mass. But luckily, one of those citizens is our protagonist's best future best friend, Ann Perkins, who begs someone to come help her fill in the park a pit outside her house, Whoa, and that is really the what a launch. Beautiful-
1: a beautiful Freudian slip there. It's already a park to you. It's already a
0: park to me. I just see a park like Leslie. Um, Yeah. And the, um, yeah, the rest of the episode is really Leslie. Nope. Begging the, the cast of characters to try to help her get a committee to begin filling in the pit. Um, At the end of the episode, she gets what she wants because of her persistence, because of Mark Brandanowitz, who we'll talk about, and this is the first victory that feels really tiny, maybe to the viewer, but feels huge to Leslie, which is really a theme of the show as well.
1: And I think too, what's so what I love about the show is that her her victory is just getting a chance to try; like it's not. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have, you know, it's not a big dramatic moment. It's just like the the opportunity to give it her best shot. Um, and in in the scene when we first meet Anne, Anne also has this line where she she's like, I don't think anyone in government actually cares. And she gets a little round of applause from, uh, from the wild, from truly like Hannah and I were talking about some of the best extras in the game, featured extras in all of, I think, television history. I'll take a stand that Parks and Rec has just like, the best featured extras out there. (laughs) Um, I fall in love with at least one of them every time there's a town hall. Uh, But, but so when, when Anne says, I don't think anyone in government actually cares to me, that's part of like the crux of the entire show is that question of being like, does the government care about me? Um, And Leslie being a character who really wants the answer to that question to be yes. And Feels really strongly about um about convincing you. And the whole show is maybe convincing you that that maybe there are people in government, or we should have people. We should make sure that we put people in government who who do care about you and who are trying to fill in, fill in your pit. What's your pit? Let us know.
0: <laughs> I think I think a lot of the early quotes in this pilot, yeah. like I said in the brilliant cave metaphor, mm-hmm. is uh a lot of the quotes are the gems that would later become the show. The caring loudly, not even just that, like, do people in government care, but do human beings care? And what Mm -hmm. does caring look like? Um, There's a later quote, uh, like, one person's annoying is another person's heroic. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that sort of is, to me, what Parks and Rec is. And even if there is going to be a lot of change, season one of Parks and Rec is similar to... Season one of this podcast where we are figuring things out, throwing uh, wet balloons on the wall. Maybe that's a phrase. Maybe that's not. And hopefully the gems of what will later develop into a very well-established podcast uh, will be in this pilot episode. And uh, that's what I love about the pilot of Parks and Rec. I love seeing the tidbits that will become the show that has a cult following that everyone loves. Or hopefully everyone loves. Um, because there's really a lot that they they had to figure out. I mean, um, like you said, Parks and Rec sort of started as almost an Office spinoff. I mean, Ann Perkins' um, character and uh, Rashida Jones is literally taken from the Office. And I mean, obviously, she's not Karen in the pilot. But Leslie Nope, I think, originally was meant to be a Michael Scott type character. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see the Michael Scott quality she originally had, and audiences were jiving with that. And I don't know, I've thought about this. Is it because uh, female characters are not allowed to be as flawed as male characters? Maybe. Let us know your thoughts on that. But uh, she really started off almost as a different character with hints of who she would become. And I love seeing those glimpses of who she is in the pilot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really good point. Um I think too, there's, there's something about Leslie's character that I really identify with. That is also maybe something we share in, in trying this new thing with this podcast of, of just like she again. Yeah. She's, she's trying so hard we, <laughs> with everything. Yeah. Um and and I think what I like about her as a character is she doesn't let, um, she doesn't let like perfection get in the way of of just going for something. You know, I love that that. Yeah. even even while still being an absolute idealist, you know, of sort of there's a scene in this episode where she's looking out over the the pit and and just naming all of the things that her dream park,
0: the amphitheater. Can have in it
1: the amphitheater, Shakespeare in the park, a racquetball courts, all sorts of courts. Um, But I think there's one, one great thing about the whole show as you sit with it is, is that you realize that all of the idea of like your dreams coming true. There's something about maybe you'll be surprised to learn what your dreams actually are. And also the way in which your dreams will come true won't be what you expect.
0: I love Um, that. Yeah.
1: And it won't be, it won't be, you know, the show isn't taking us from A to B. Uh, It's like, it's the full alphabet. Um, And actually, I guess what I'm saying is that the journey is the destination, Hannah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that last line of the episode. Almost is the thesis statement to the point you just made where Anne goes, well, I'm willing to commit to this even if it takes two months. And it's almost a wink at people re-watching it because we know over seven seasons is what it's going to take to fill in this pit. But Leslie's nature and the way she tries and loves so hard is going to give her mm-hmm. rewards that she never even dreamed of. Yeah. Um, And that, yeah, it's that, it's that one person's annoying is another person's hero. I think like I think I can relate to to her desire to try so hard and her unapologetic nature when she tries so hard. I think mm. for a long time I felt like I felt like to be cool meant to not try, but similar to me standing by the the chip, you know, the the snack table at a party. It was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not trying at this party. I'm standing here because I want to be eating chips. No, like, I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, it's I'm going to walk into this party and I'm going to try with people. And I'm going to be unapologetic. And some people might find that annoying and other people will become my best friends. And I think that is. the. I I think Leslie's heart that will develop that we see glimpses of in this pilot. um, Yeah, it's part of. The reason I love the show. Um, but I also wanted to talk about sort of on the other end of that, a character mm-hmm. that didn't have a lot of lines, this, this pilot, but I think is exactly who she is and so consistent throughout the series, which is, um, April Ludgate. I feel like, uh, the story behind April Ludgate is that Aubrey Plaza met Mike Schur, he like saw her do comedy and knew of her comedy and they they sat and they talked for a couple hours and he wrote the character of April specifically for Aubrey Plaza. So unlike some of the other characters, I feel like Yes, she changes and grows in beautiful ways. And that's part of the magic of her character. But I think she, I think Aubrey Plaza always knew who this character was. And so seeing a character literally say like maybe two words, but be so clear to the character we know and love is also cool on the other end, while other characters are sort of figuring it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um I think too. It's this. It's this reminder that the characters will reveal themselves through their relationships Mm -hmm. with each other. So, so it's not like there's a fundamental shift, but like their maybe their opinions towards each other will like reveal in a deeper sense. Right? People change. You.
0: That's like true to life too. Yeah. And what did you say when April walked into? When we were watching, April walks into uh, Andy's house. You said.
1: It's a meet cute. It's just a classic meat cute.
0: <laughs> I think Aubrey Plaza always played that April Ludgate had a crush on Andy. And I think even, I, the way she sort of stands against the wall in this pilot and looks at him and as he's like itching himself in the cast, like, yes, Andy Dwyer changes a ton, but I think that sort of unashamed weirdness, I think she mm. was always attracted to. I, I love seeing the baby seeds in it.
1: I, yeah, I think I think April is a character who... Who maybe could could only fall in love with someone who has an itch stick, whatever that <laughs> means. You know, I think <laughs> I think she needs that. I was also just thinking there's something about um we've we sort of touched on this before, but how people say, you know, like talk sort of down to season one. Mm. Um, but there's something, there's something sort of magical about getting to start back from the very beginning with this yeah. and see all the things about the show that feel really worth loving. And then sort of watch like knowing that in later seasons the show starts falling in love with its own characters. Like yeah. there's something about this episode where um where some things are, you know, it will be written as a joke uh, or or it's written as like other characters maybe kind of like rolling their eyes at Leslie. Mm-hmm. And and the whole show sort of grows into this love for her, where even if people are frustrated or annoyed with the character, I think as we get to know them and as the show gets to sort of know itself, there's this really wonderful thing that is that is already starting to happen a little bit, I think. Of, yeah. Um, of, of that being like the, the kind of baseline of every scene is like... Everyone loves each other and and they're frustrated and and in the pilot, you don't quite have that undercurrent yet. you know it's sort of like Tom just thinks Leslie is incompetent, and Ron is like just frustrated um but especially going into this as a rewatch, it's I really enjoyed watching this episode this time, this episode <laughs> to mm-hmm. like um, to start sort of like projecting some of that. On To even the pilot, you know, of being like, there's a fondness there, even if we're not seeing it yet, like yeah. the promise of the fondness that is to come and I love, makes it really fun.
0: I love how in this show it happens organically. And I wonder if it's because so many of them are improvisers that mm. the chem or maybe it's just the natural chemistry of how you develop um, that magic with your co-stars over time. But I think the writers and I, and I know this for future characters that fall in love that maybe, uh, and we'll talk about this way down the line when we get to it, but the writers basically put two characters in a room and felt them fall in love and let that happen. I think Mm -hmm. to piggyback off what you're saying, the organic chemistry growing throughout the season and growing into a love is something that might not be there fully in the pilot, but every time you see, you know, a like a pebble of what it is, you mm-hmm. kind of in a rewatch go, ooh, ooh. And that's how I felt, like I said, of April leaning against the wall. There's no there's no love there yet. You know, Andy, yeah. guest star Chris Pratt um, isn't there in the series yet, but we see those beginnings. Um, I there's wanna something... know, oh.
1: oh I was just gonna, there, there is something cool about like starting with this. I, I think in thinking about screenwriting, uh, and in thinking about storytelling for the screen, there's something about, like, what's the first image, you know? Mm-hmm. And and thinking about the first thing we see is a little girl playing in a sandbox and Leslie talking to her. And in a way, that's what Leslie is... In a way, like, the pit is her sandbox, right? And she's also, like, this little girl who has grown up with this dream of, like, making something. Um, but then also just having the core image for the whole first season be a pit like it actually isn't anything it's the lack of something and the idea of when we're you know making a story or or telling (laughs) telling a tv show that the whole like the writers are like filling in this pit you know and that each character is sort of like a vessel that over the course of the show we're gonna start to fill in with all of these uh all these jokes and details that start to turn into the people that we really love
0: i hope mike sure has a note somewhere the Little Sandbox Girl is a metaphor. I hope like you just hit the nail <laughs> on the head and that's exactly what it is. Um, I want to know, in this rewatch, do you mm. have like a favorite moment? Is there mm. something in, in watching this again that you're like, oh, yeah.
1: I think I, uh, I, I love anytime anyone falls in a hole and we get a story of that happening once and then we get Leslie actually falling into this hole. Mm. And I, I just think that, you know, look at the greats. Keaton chaplain Uh, they've all fallen in holes i just think it's beautifully executed um but then i think my my other the moment that made me laugh twice (laughs) like watching it with the the like multiple times that we've watched this episode now is just when like the lights start to go off in the auditorium there's just something so beautiful of like uh I, I just love that she's so excited about this thing and it immediately like doesn't meet her expectations. I just think it it's just my favorite moment of I can very much empathize with being in a being in a big, mostly empty auditorium and having the lights turned out on you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I like the glimpses of Leslie's persistence in that sort of montage in Ron's office where she goes, Oh, they're asking me to like ask about the park. Oh, Ron. Cause that Ron Leslie relationship is sort of becomes the soul of the show. And so mm-hmm. watching, even before he knows he loves her, watching Ron, who is very clear in who he is in the pilot as well uh mike sure has talked in interviews about how they did a lot of research in local government in california government and they met a ron swanson type guy who was anti-government but very much working in government and so his sort of character filter in the pilot is so clear but i think the thing that even if they don't it doesn't involve his personal beliefs but evolves him as a person is Leslie's persistence and so that scene of her coming in coming in coming in um I think is probably my favorite scene in the pilot watching it back um yeah uh yeah. is there something new you noticed because for me the thing I noticed watching it this time and we will get to the Mark Brandanowitz section but I think the thing I noticed was how much they Tried to make Mark Brandanowitz the thing, the the sort of the reason everything moved forward in the pilot, and how sort of off base they, I mean, totally off base they were with Mark being the um, heart of the 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 thing tying it together. But like so many things, I noticed this time happen because of Mark. Like she goes to Mark, and because she went to him, she decides. Well, sort of because in spite of her going to him, decides to do the committee. But it's really, you know, at the end, instead of her persistence, breaking down Ron in the pilot, it's because Mark Brandanowitz tells Ron, he owes him one and he's using it on this. And that Mark being the reason things move forward was a crazy thing to notice. And, a lot of times in later seasons, again, a spoiler, they'll sort of ignore everything Mark did. Like Mark designs a plan for the park and then in a future season they have a whole episode of who should design the park. But you kind of can't you can't cut Mark yeah. out of the pilot. He's there, he's the reason things are happening.
1: Yeah. If if he's not there then Leslie's still like faking a phone call trying to convince Ron to let her have the lot. Like Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's just oh. one long montage lasting <laughs> <laughs> lasting forever.
0: Also, a really <laughs> weird thing about uh, uh Mark in the pilot, and maybe this is bleeding into a Mark Brandanowitz section a little bit, but they he so like Leslie hooked up with Mark at some point, and so she sort of fantasized this relationship. But a weird thing that I noticed watching it through was it's not even that Mark. I mean, I would sort of buy, okay, Mark doesn't see it as a relationship. And he's like, oh, yeah, I hooked up with her once. Like, it's not a relationship. But in the pilot episode, he doesn't even remember sleeping with her, which feels like such a gross introduction to a character.
1: Yeah. And for a city planner, no less. (laughs) You know, I just feel like city planners should be held. To a higher standard than the rest of us. <laughs> They're planning the whole city. You know? <laughs> maybe that's just me. No, I, I absolutely agree. It's <laughs> it there and there are a couple of moments of that, that that this time through felt a little um like I don't know if those jokes would be made if it was it like it feels like maybe it would be like even just directed a little bit differently. Or well, like it's not how even the joke
0: went. of it. It's the he really doesn't remember at all and he's supposed to be our love interest. I think if we're, we talked about the office comparison, that this was sort of a mm-hmm. spin off of The Office. Um, if in The Office, in this, you know, original attempt at Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope is the Michael Scott, I believe that Mark Brandanowitz, and nobody come at me for this, I'm not saying it worked, was supposed Wait, to can be. We say it at
1: the same time, I have a thought of maybe who you're going to say.
0: It was, okay, one, two, three. He's supposed to be the Jim. Yes. Yeah, same thought. He's so sort of supposed to be the Jim Helper, where he looks at the camera and goes, "Oh gosh," and like kind <laughs> of is the the voice of reason that the audience relates to. I think the problem is the audience rooted roots for Leslie so hard that every time he looks into the camera and goes, "Oh gosh," we sort of go, "Why?" Like you're sort of yeah. he sort of becomes an ass when Leslie is so caring and also unlike Jim in the office who is very uh, minimal in his relationships and very caring about the people he does love I feel like they tried to make Mark like I don't care at all but also he slept he slept with like tons of women is part of his thing too why do you think all the women are flocking to Mark
1: I this is a great question I think that you know how you were, you were saying like it's sort of it's in the same universe as The Office, especially in season one. There, There's even one crossover character who we don't know this for sure. But maybe she had like, you know, maybe Anne used to be Karen. There's a witness protection type situation. She's changed everything. Is this true? Maybe not. Do I believe it? Absolutely. Um, maybe also Mark Brendanowitz is... You know, I, I'm assuming they asked John Krasinski and he just wasn't available, but it feels like a, uh, what's the movie? It's a wonderful life where he like, uh, it's like, what would the world be like if I was never born? You know, it's a Christmas movie and then he goes back and he, yeah. and everything's darker. Yeah. I think Mark Brandanowitz is like a Jim Halpert archetype who never discovered the joy of pranks or Pam. You know, so I think that's what I think that's what a gem a gem if you will. I think it's just the colloquial term. So that's what a gem looks like who doesn't have pranks or pam?
0: I think maybe. We just want to take a second to uh thank our sponsors Sweetums. Uh when you think Pawnee, you think Sweetums and they have graciously agreed to sponsor this uh podcast. If you want uh, a discount on all of your Sweetums purchases. Please use our code Pawnee Public Radio. Uh, they just released a new gummy bear. It is roughly the size of a full size person, uh, so you can get twenty percent off that with our code Pawnee Public Radio.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, the copy the ad. Copy is asking me to share a personal story about about my experience with Sweetums. So I guess, um, yeah the the full size. Gummy bear. I, I'd say it's the size of a small bear or a, a regular sized, um, a regular sized person. Uh, take take three to four bites. You'll feel sick or money back guaranteed. Sweetums.
0: Well, I uh, I think that uh, you are sort of the expert on small towns, and in, this is the introduction mm-hmm. of the small town of Pawnee. But you are from Arkadelphia, Arkansas.
1: Yeah. Shout out to all my Archidelphians listening right now. Uh, it's a great place to call home. I say that because that's the town's motto. It's on the water tower when you walk in. So, I mean, we're not that small. We have a water tower. How many people um,
0: live in Arkadelphia? How many of Archidelphians will be tuning into our podcast?
1: There, uh, there's the potential for at least 10,912. That was wow. what was on the population sign when I was growing up. It's a two college town, too, which is pretty cool.
0: Wow. Two whole colleges out of that many people yeah, do they have a great rivalry?
1: they do one time you like walk across the street to play the rival team, but they actually have a rival this is cool. I was like going into my like <laughs> my like podcast host mode, but I think this is pretty cool. The rivalry lasts more than a hundred years and they play okay, they play a-, a game of football every year against the rival team. And they've been playing for 100 years. What are the
0: mascots?
1: Oh, one is a tiger. And then the other one is, unfortunately, I think, uh, like a sort of unnamed spirit with like indigenous roots. That should maybe change. Oh, no.
0: should definitely change. I feel like it should be a play off the tiger. It should be like the tiger and a frosted flake. It should just be a big brand deal for Frosted Flakes. You
1: think you think Tony the Tiger is is the opposite of, of the Flakes that he loves so much?
0: Yeah, I just think that would be a fun way to not be offensive and also have like a really cute little sponsor in Frosted Flakes.
1: Well it feels like a very parks and rec thing to have like um like co-opt native imagery for your football team (laughs) feels like a mural. (laughs) Like it would be right at home at the mural, um, in Pawnee town hall. Yeah,
0: We got introduced to our first mural this episode as well.
1: Yeah. Which was handled very tastefully. I thought, and then Um, they put like a poster over it
0: (laughs) in your town hall messages. Please let us know if you'd rather this be a sports podcast about the two rival college teams at Arkadelphia, Arkansas.
1: I could, I could talk sports. Um, but and yeah. the game is called the battle of the ravine which feels like kind of pit vibes like i think because we have this big ravine in my town and and one thing i've learned about small towns from living in one for 18 years is that things are all like everything's a proper noun you know where it's mm-hmm. like like if there's a field it's that's like the field mm-hmm. and if there's like a hill that's like the hill or the ravine. Like, everything can just be what it is. Because there's, <laughs> there's not that much of stuff. Like, Main Street could probably just be, like, street in my town.
0: This, you know, these are good things it. to know. And this yeah. has been Will on our small town expert section of the podcast.
1: You've driven through small towns, Hannah.
0: <laughs> I have. Uh, I drove through a small town in Ohio when I was visiting colleges. And I wanted to figure out if I could go to this. We'll mm. just should I name the college? I I mean I really enjoyed it. It was a beautiful campus. It was Kenyan College. I almost went there because there were they have a really good swim team. And I, you a I swimmer. No, but all the swimmers were so attractive <laughs> that I was. I went. I sat in on this poetry class, and it was just filled with very good-looking swimmers. And I remember thinking I could listen to like good-looking swimmers tell like, read me poetry if this is what college is. But then we wanted to see what the town was like. And so we tried to find the movie theater. Mm -hmm. And my dad and I, at the time, couldn't, not at the time, he's still my dad. My dad and I, we drove around looking for this movie theater, but the only thing we found was a vacuum store that just sold Mm -hmm. vacuum cleaners. And I feel like that's something that would also be in Pawnee.
1: Yeah, and it'd be called something like "you suck." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe "we suck." Actually, "we suck" is a better—that's a better <laughs> little name.
0: It also feels like a good place, uh, fake store. Yeah, uh, too. Um, <laughs> all,
1: all of the Mike, the Mike Sure-verse.
0: the Mike Shurvers is just I, this town outside Kenyon.
1: I didn't have a movie theater in my town growing up. You had to drive forty-five minutes to see a movie.
0: Wow. I I grew up in a, a town outside a city, so I've never I've never lived anywhere in small. T- I've never experienced small town life. Maybe I've sort of romanticized it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think I think there are perks. I think there are definitely there are definitely some perks. Oh, very good. <laughs>
0: oh, small town. Bring it home. <laughs> Something fun that was suggested to me by our Purple Pants podcast friend Bryce Isaiah was a segment where maybe we would ask, what if? And Will and I could ask each other, what if X hadn't happened? And so for this, it would be what if X hadn't happened in the pilot episode? Where would that character be? What would be happening? So we're gonna, we're gonna try that out. So, Will, I guess I'll ask you first, what if? Leslie Nope had never met Ann Perkins. Where is she?
1: Whoa! I mean, I think that's a similar Jim Halpert never learns to prank situation, mm-hmm. you know? Because I, I think who who is Leslie Nope without a pit, without a real project, without a chance to prove herself? Um, and I, and I think this is. I'm going to get to the point. But I think this is a good moment to just remember that we've all just got to find our Anne. You know, everyone's got to find their Perkins out there. Um, you got to find you got to find your reason, your reason why. <laughs> um, I think, do you think still she still
0: Do you think she marries Mark Brandanowitz if Anne doesn't come into her I life? I think
1: they have a very sad and unfulfilling <laughs> marriage together. Yeah. Which maybe he, again, somehow miraculously forgets about. You know, maybe then later it's there's like, an interview with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I <laughs> I am married. <laughs> I am married to Leslie Nope.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened. And then she goes, I just love him so much.
1: And Hannah, let me know if I'm doing this part of the segment, right? What if they never got the drunk guy out of the slide?
0: Mm. This is a great question. Yeah. A very deep one. Now, if they never get the drunk guy out of the slide the world actually ends. Now I know what you're thinking. That seems a little bit extreme, but it's true. The drunk guy staying in the slide Mm -hmm. would have been the end of the world because uh, what you don't realize in this pilot episode is the drunk guy is actually the Messiah. (laughs) Did I take this too far and too extreme? (laughs) Is it possible that this has left the world of Parks and Rec? Um, and if he never left the slide, he could never, 300 years later, save the world. Oh, so he, <laughs> Did you, you follow that logic?
1: He he lives a while.
0: <laughs> he lives, oh, because he's sort of a mystical being. Mm-hmm. Just just walk with me through this. Um, okay, what if? You ready for your next what if? We'll oh, do yeah. two apiece.
1: <laughs> that seems fair. That seems fair. Great, great, great.
0: Okay. <laughs> what if?
1: hmm Go on. Give Andy. me a hard one, please. Give me like a tough one if we're gonna do this.
0: What if?
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
0: Tom Haverford.
1: Uh-oh, okay.
0: Learn that his behavior was inappropriate. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what <one> if? <laughs> uh, yeah, he had this just realization. He became the, the poster child for how to treat people better. Um, Now, what if Anne Perkins fell in love with Ron Swanson? She met him in the pilot episode. Instead of going to Leslie, she she bumped into Ron. They had a meet cute. Mm -hmm. He complimented her hair as Ron would and... You know what would have happened? What would their romance look like if that was the story that started in the pilot?
1: I like really leaning into uh, what we'll soon know about Ron's sense of privacy, and I and I think if if Ron had fallen in love with, I'm mis- I'm just going to assume too that it's mutual that they lock eyes and it's like you know immediately they click in with each other. Um, he
0: does like strong brunette women. Yeah. He never had any feelings for Anne, but in this hypothetical, what if he does?
1: This is maybe a similar answer to your The World Ends, but on a smaller local level of, I don't know if the documentarians who are filming the show, which I don't know if you have any thoughts about who this, who this crew is. You know, at the end of the episode, Ron is like, did you guys get a grant or something? Um, but I think if Ron realized that any element of his personal life was about to be caught on camera... In the pilot episode, I think he would maybe pull the plug on the whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he would just start wearing, like, a logo on his shirt.
0: So he can just never be filmed because so he doesn't he would, want his romance yeah, films. I love that. He would become, that. like,
1: a brand ambassador to, like, ensure that he was blurred out <laughs> pretty consistently.
0: I love that so much. You've ri- risen the bar for my Messiah one. The bar now, is wh-
1: risen. It is risen indeed.
0: Give me one last "what if," my second "what if" of the episode.
1: Okay, what if, what if instead of a pit, it was a pool?
0: Hmm. Very, very great question. So instead of Andy breaking his legs in the pit, mm-hmm. he fell into the pool and got like sort of a a pool burn on his stomach. Yeah, you got a big,
1: big pool burn. A big
0: pool burn. You don't need belly flop. What do you call it? It's not a rug burn. It's a water burn. No,
1: it's a pool burn. Pool burn. Yeah, Hannah. Sometimes we nail it on the first try. (laughs) We don't always. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: So Andy now has a pool burn, and he decides instead of getting mad like he did when Mm -hmm. he fell into the pit, he decides that would be the great, the greatest name for a band. So instead of forming Mouse Rat, Andy forms the band Pool Burn. And because it's just such a brilliant thing to call what happens to you when you fall in the pool, Andy actually becomes a successful rock star. He decides to donate all his his winnings to the town of Pawnee, and they become sort of yeah. (laughs) Your idea of the music
1: industry is very much like
0: (laughs) to me. If you're a musician, it's your winnings, not your salary. Were you on a TV show, Hannah? (laughs) <laughs> uh, so the winnings go to Pawnee and it becomes this really wealthy, not Eagletonian, but sort of no, 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 um, no. <laughs> just extraordinarily wealthy town where all the citizens just walk around with gold coins. Leslie, of course, names herself Queen and similar to the guy in the slide, The World Ends. Something that Rob Rob Sestranito does on Rob is a podcast that mm-hmm. I really like is towards... The end of the podcast, and we're not there yet, but we're almost there. He creates a hashtag for those still listening, and I kind of like the idea if of the hashtag of this pilot episode of Pawnee Public Radio being hashtag What If, and I want you to in that hashtag throw us a What If question, both to get our uh, get us some great What Ifs for the next episode, and also to let us know you're still listening. What do you think of that hashtag What If?
1: Yeah. I'm on board. Last time I got, a, I think I got cocky and I started adding some variations, but I've since taken some time to myself and done some research and realized that there can, there can be only one hashtag.
0: Family friend. I saw someone hashtag family friend, family friends, family friends with Z from our preview episode. Um, so, you know, people, people played along. People yeah, felt, have been great, I really excited. The, the other question we wanted to ask the audience, In this pilot episode, Mark Brandanowitz tells Ron that he owes him a favor. And we're wondering, what is this big favor that he cashed in on? It's never referenced.
1: Yeah. It's and uh, just keep in mind that whatever this mysterious favor is, it's the size of a pit. You know? The exchange rate from this favor is one one pit.
0: I mean, is that why is that why Ron like likes Mark and everyone likes Mark. Like he witnessed them all commit a murder or something. He, kn-
1: he literally knows where all the bodies are buried. That kind of thing.
0: Not just Ron's gold, the actual bodies. We want to know. What do you guys think the, what if, uh, the, what do you think the favor is that, um, that really caused the, ep- the season? This, this whole show started off the crux of this favor.
1: It it does feel. I wonder if maybe it was like the opportunity for like um, maybe the writers were planting a little seed in the same way where like Better Call Saul was a spinoff, like a prequel to Breaking Bad. Maybe they're like, you know, if Parks and Rec, if Parks and like really has legs, maybe at some point we can also have a spinoff show just called The Favor, and it's with uh, it's mostly like Mark and Ron, and it's like totally totally different, very dark. Very violent.
0: (laughs) Very violent, because this favor has got to be dark and violent. Please uh, let us know what you think the favor is. Um,
1: Yeah, help us.
0: (laughs) I think with that, we have had so much fun breaking down this episode, introducing our hopes for the podcast, and starting to develop maybe some of these cool little podcasts segments we can have. We're so excited to hear your town hall thoughts, which you can either email to townhall at PawneePublicRadio.com in the form of an email or a voicemail. We will be reading and listening to them. Or you can rate the podcast five stars, leave a review, and do the town hall that way. Those ones are guaranteed to be read on the podcast. Any five-star reviews will be read on the podcast. Or... You can tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. Uh, we have a great a great Twitter. I say as someone running the Twitter. <laughs> uh, we're so excited to do this. we we were really hoping also to have some cool guest stars. We already have some. Rumblings of uh, guest guest host ideas. We want to talk to people in government to hear what their experiences were like in comparison to the show. We'd love to talk to writers, maybe even some actors from the show one day. My my first uh, comedy uh, charity event I ever went to was hosted by the Amy Poehler at Upright Citizens Brigade. Well,
1: whoa! How much do you guys raise? And for what, and why, and how, and how? Hannah? It was.
0: It, it went all to the reboot um, of the Mark Brendanowicz uh, Ron Swanson spinoff show, The Favor. That's mm-hmm. what it was raising money for, a and good it raised cause. a lot of money—a worthy money. cause. A worthy <laughs> cause. Uh, you know, we've got some dream guests. You know, we know. Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally and Adam Scott are all Survivor fans, and we'll keep saying it till we manifest it. I went to a Survivor-themed birthday will, and we had we played in these like fake Survivor challenges, and I befriended Mm. this woman who kept telling me that her friend, her friend, her husband Adam was such a big Yeah. yeah, they're friends, they're married was such a big fan of Survivor, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll meet him, and then at the end of these games. Up walks to me Adam Scott, who says he's a big fan, and it was- The Ice
1: Town clown himself?
0: I mean, he's going to appear in future future episodes. He was not in the pilot. We didn't get the magic of Adam Scott, but one can dream, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. One must. Um,
0: I'm so glad- To every week be getting to talk about uh, my favorite show that I watch during dental appointments. Because my dentist has a little TV. I'm very nervous at the dentist. And so he always asks if I want to put on some TV. And I say, yes, Parks and Recreation, please.
1: Are you at all worried that um, on the rewatch this time you're going to have like phantom pain in your teeth? You're, you're going to be watching it with me, and you're just going to be like, all I can think about is how important it is to floss on a daily basis.
0: Well, now I am.
1: Which is good. Actually, this is a good reminder. If you haven't flossed today, give it a shot, you know?
0: it's really It really helps prevent cavities. It's good for gum health. Yeah, um, a little
1: blood is normal. Don't be scared. Stick with it. You've got this. What what a fun, weird way to spend your time today <laughs> with us.
0: <laughs> um, but we we have to remember that at the beginning of this podcast, we Am let I you know that <laughs> no, too soon? We, we let you know. Well, we let you them know that the pilot episode was called pilot mm. of parks and recreation. Do you have a name for the pilot episode of Parks and Recreation? We said at the end we would uh, name it.
1: Mm. I think what- Poolburn.
0: Poolburn, based on our what if <laughs> it would make sense to no other netflix viewers why is the pilot episode of parks and rec called Poolburn? i love it uh if you liked this episode please subscribe at pawnee also pawnee public radio on itunes again our twitter handle is at radio pawnee my personal handle is at hannah lil nesson that's on Instagram and Twitter. And Will's Twitter handle is?
1: I'm at Will Sondheim. Just me.
0: Um, we're so excited to go on this journey with you. We hope to hear from everyone. Uh, I hope you all call in. And episode two can just be filled with some lovely um, town hall voices in addition to a developing podcast.
1: I I really do, and just one last thank you for uh, Sweetums for, for making this yes. whole show possible
0: thank you so much to Sweetums um, they really we wouldn't exist without Sweetums <laughs> was that too far? the world would end if it's Sweetums to, was not stuck in the store. it's important to have
1: really really high, high stakes uh, yeah, have a great have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Tuesday we're excited to get this thing going
0: Bye, everybody.